Hello, hello. Welcome to the IWS podcast. I'm your host, RJ, and I have a lovely guest with me this evening, the wonderful Kateri Hurtado. Kateri, how are you doing? Perfect. Thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing excellent. You are on the IWS podcast. This is a new year, new opportunity. We're trying some different things. I'm very, very grateful to have you here. So thank you for making the time. Thank um, you for having me on. I'm excited. For those that don't know, I'm a licensed mental health counselor. And most of the stuff that we're talking about on this platform is about mental health. We focus a lot on men, but I've made a conscious effort this year. We really want to talk to women, really want to understand a lot about women and their lived experiences to hopefully be a better bridge between men and women and what we communicate about the things that we want. So hopefully we, you will give us some enlightening content and information from your lived experiences. So again, gracious to have you here. Thank you. I want to start like I typically do by asking you about your upbringing. So if you could just give us some as much as you want to share your lived experiences growing up in your household. Yeah, definitely. So um, I would say I was really blessed. You know, in my childhood, I grew up with both my parents in the same household um, with a sister. And my parents have been married now for over, I want to say, geez, I should know this. We're uh, <laughs> 27 years, 28 years. But wow. I've seen like what true love and what true commitment and sacrifice is in witnessing yeah. their marriage. And I grew up with that. So I have to say I'm very blessed. And I also grew up with my grandparents. Um, I was also in the same household as them. And um, I think that also kind of goes in line with my, you know, my culture, because in the Hispanic culture, you don't really ever think to put your elderly parents in a nursing home. Like, it's just mm. not a thing, nothing to consider. So my mom graciously took that on. And I consider my grandparents like second parents. Um, so I grew up with a lot of love, definitely. Beautiful. Beautiful. And yeah, shout out to the culture. I mean, yeah. we all, the reason why we ask that question is always trying to think about the way our lived experiences shape our perception of our reality. Right. So right. if you get the fortune, I would say to have both mom and dad in the household, it would be an even further blessing to be able to have any of your grandparents around because it's just so much more love, but also so much more wisdom and experience that they can then bestow <laughs> upon you. Absolutely. Right, because you have yeah. access to them, so you can talk to them about things, and it's probably a great resource depending Absolutely. on you know whatever your whatever stage of life you are at at that moment in time. Right, and so I think since I was little, I've gotten you know that wisdom. Like if my mom wasn't there, my grandma was there to take care of me, and I could you know mm. come to her with anything. And grandma was always a little stricter. She's very religious, <laughs> and um, but I genuinely learned so much from her, and I continue to learn. Like I'm grateful to still have her around. Um, yeah. You know, my grandpa passed away. Um, I want to say it was 20, was it two years ago? I don't know. But that was, that was tough. Cause he was like a second dad, but he also just like, just cared for us, my sister and I. So, yeah. so heavily. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a blessing. That's good. That's good. I mean, I, and I, and I'm happy that you pointed that out. And I also think it's important because so many of us, like I was mentioning, don't have that type of role model or example always when we're growing up yeah but when you get to see that these type of relationships that you know we're going to get into later i believe how important it is to have those role models and those examples earlier on in life because then you kind of have an idea of what you may want to envision for yourself absolutely but when you don't have that then it's kind of hard to imagine it so sometimes we might find ourselves with people that maybe we probably shouldn't be right and it's not i don't necessarily put blame on anybody in that regard. It's just more of understanding what things we need to account for when exactly. we get to that, that time where we're ready to build significant relationships with people. Yes, very true. 
But piggybacking on that idea, especially because you had the extended family in the household, I want to talk a little bit about the family dynamic between all of you. So you mentioned you had a sister. You obviously grew up with both your grandparents before your grandfather had passed. Mm-hmm. And then you had your parents in the household. So what was that dynamic like with all those people in the house? It was definitely... It- I wouldn't say hectic, but I think there was always something going on, you know, something to celebrate or just um, just coming home from school and being able to talk to my parents and my grandparents, my sister, like there was always someone to engage with. I never really had like this alone time. I mean, I could have it if I wanted to, you know, go to my room. I, I could have it there. But in the living room, someone was always there in the kitchen, like all of us eating together. I grew up with a lot of that. Um, so the dynamic, I think, was, you know, was great. There was a point um, overall, I think, like I said, my childhood, my youth was great, but um, my dad fell into, you know, drug addiction, unfortunately, mm. at one point. And it it just it, all it took was him being at work one day and someone offered him something. And he, you know, the guy said, oh, it's fine. Just, you know, just try this out. And sure enough, he fell into this addiction. So my grandparents, you know, really stepped up to the plate. Everyone kind of knew something was going on, but no one yeah. wanted to admit, you know, he might be on drugs. Um, but just think there was a shift. Um, but I can't say that it really affected me. And that's kind of amazing to say, because I did have my mom who stepped up and became both parents during those few years. And my grandparents were right there for us, you know, when this happened. So everything was really joyous, but of course, like there is no perfect dynamic, no perfect family. I want to say we're close. (laughs) I have to say, yeah, because I just, you know, it's, I don't want to compare. I really try not to compare, but I do count my blessings you know like i've had so much support and my dad who turned his life around like that's a whole other story but he uh he came around and um i think it's also because he had the support and the love of his family and Mm. he wanted to set the example to us because he he's the one who actually admitted to my sister and i he sat us down one day and told us look i've been dealing with this and yeah um that was hard to accept but like i said i kind of knew some stuff was going on i was also in high school at the time Mm. um and that's kind of a point where you're not really like I'm trying to go out with friends. So I guess that's why it also didn't really have this major negative impact on me. But there Makes was sense. nights where I could see, you know, from my bedroom, his bathroom window, I could see it on like all night. And I was like, what, you know, what's he doing in there? You know, and then he always had like clear skin. And then you start seeing like little scabs on his face. So and I didn't want to question because I did feel like during that time he had a little bit more of a temper. And I think it's because yeah. he knew he was hiding something. He didn't want to be asked about it. Mm, um, but yeah. to see him come out of that darkness um was just so impactful and i know that witnessing that journey i i know we can overcome a lot like more than we think we can you know so that was really really a trying time but um i've never seen my dad more uh inspired than he's he is now you know and one of the things too in in our household is like faith faith has always played a big role in my life and i want to say my mom prayed him out of that time honestly, mm. and my grandparents, like my grandma's very devoted everyday prayers, my mom to mass every day. And she said it during that time, like, it was really hard. But I was in mass all the time when you guys were at school. And there was a point where I thought I was going to reach my breaking point. I had my sisters telling me like, you know, we got you if you need to leave him, like, we're going to support you. But my mom said this, and it'll always stick with me. And I, and I think, like you said, it kind of plays a part in how I see, you know, relationships. And right now, my my fiance and stuff is, I I couldn't, leave your dad because I saw him as a soldier wounded in battle who I couldn't leave alone. Mm. And that just really stuck with me. Yeah. And that'll always stick with me. So I just feel like it's a testament to when I say sacrifice like that, she sacrificed that time, you know, like, yeah, 
so it's a little bit about a little bit more about my background in that you know no sure sure and again i appreciate all the vulnerability i mean i um i don't have that lived experience within my family but I, I don't I think I've talked about this before in a previous episode. I used to work at a substance abuse facility when I was in grad school and it was primarily opiate addiction. So most of the people had came or a lot of them, I shouldn't say most, a lot of them had came in initially struggling with prescribed opiates, right? Mm -hmm. So the hydrocodone, the roxycodone, hydromorphone, all these different things, right? Maybe they had an accident, maybe they fell off a ladder, whatever the situation may have been, started off prescribed by a doctor. But then over time, they ended up developing a dependency like a lot of people did because people were not or medical professionals were not necessarily emphasizing the risk of dependency for those substances. And then naturally over time, because those medicines get very expensive, people started resorting to heroin. Mm. And then in the midst of that, you know, a lot of the other clients I had at that time were battling with marijuana, methamphetamine, cocaine, all these different alcohol addiction. And so I learned a lot about what that experience is like and not only how it plays on the families, because I saw, you know, people who weren't able, like mothers who weren't able to keep their kids anymore because the drugs had pretty much dominated their life. Yeah. You see people in and out of the criminal justice system, excuse me. And the hard part for me was when you listen to the people's stories and they're talking about how much they would compromise in order just to get that high. And it's not because necessarily they're chasing it because they don't value the other things that are important to them like their family their relationships their career whatever those things are they're just literally kind of held in a chokehold yes and so it, it it's what makes this isn't like a psa for drugs but it's just something to think about you know right, right. it's a very insidious uh path that people end up on where even when they want to break away sometimes it's really hard for them to not because they don't want to, but just because the nature of what it is. And then you talked about the support. Shout out to your mom, you know, right. because what happens, what I learned, because, again, I, I haven't had this experience. I don't know firsthand. What I learned from them was a lot of them, because of the cycle that they've gone through time and time again, parents, loved ones, friends, they end up walking away for their own peace because they're like, hey, I can't keep going on this ride with you because you are doing these things that I can't, I can't co-sign at all. And it seems like all this help I'm trying to provide, in some cases, you're not trying to take, or it appears that you're not trying to take it. And so I'm kind of at my wits end with you. I have to pull back from my own sanity, my own peace of mind. So those people who still need that help may end up losing that support that they need also along that journey, which makes it much harder for them. It just compounds the fact that they might not be able to get out. Absolutely. So I appreciate the story because in your case, it seems like your father did still have a good amount of support despite whatever he was going through. And yes. that's awesome. Cause I know a lot of cases, what I had to witness, that wasn't always that. Right. And I, and, and you're right. And I, I see a lot of that too. And I hear so many stories. That's why I consider it such a big blessing. And I'm going to use that word a lot. Cause I do feel very highly blessed. And, you know, I see the person my dad has become mm -hmm. and I'm just like, well, you can never believe that this man was ever ad addicted to drugs at one point, you know? And it's just, um, like you said, I, I do commend my mom for that. And I hope to be, you know, half the person that she is because she's an incredible person. Yeah. Um, if she can deal with something like that and overcome it, then I feel like I I can be put up to the test too in relationships and kind of be able to work through anything. You know what I mean? Sure. I would hope at least. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I mean, and that's why, that's why I asked the question because 
to, to kind of further build on this idea we're talking about, I always talk about environment. Okay. As a therapist, when I'm trying to get to know somebody and I'm trying to better understand why maybe they're in some of the situations that they're in, I like to start at their upbringing. Right. And that's, and that's a natural part. Even like when you go to see a doctor, you know, they take a history. The reason why I think about that is because a lot of our reality, a lot of our beliefs, a lot of our values, our morality is shaped based on who was in that household and what did they impress upon you? Either, and I say impress, not necessarily teach because some things they may verbally teach you and some things they may teach you through their actions by modeling sometimes inappropriate behavior. Definitely. So I say impress because you might be just going through your day to day like, oh, okay, you know, this is just kind of how it is. Everybody has a different definition of normal. And because of that, sometimes there's things that we learn that are fundamentally dysfunctional. And so the purpose of us talking about these things and trying to own and understand these things is so we can try to grow beyond them and be better. So you sharing your story about your father and what you witnessed with him, that probably demonstrated, I'm not going to ever put words in your mouth, but it might have demonstrated a level of resiliency, the ability to bounce back, having gone through such a dark place, but also maybe needing that support from loved ones to be there with you, to walk in that journey with you. And again, everybody doesn't get that. Right. But you got a good example of that. And I think that's great because that probably is going to help maybe condition you a bit more when it's your turn to walk that journey with your partner and then new challenges will be thrown your way, you probably would be less likely, not entirely, but less likely to quit. But you, but, but you tell me, you tell me, maybe I'm just making- No, no, that you couldn't be more right. It's, it's absolutely true. And you know, now that I'm about to, uh, I'm recently engaged, you know, and now that I'm about to embark on this journey, I know I've, my parents have modeled what a true relationship is, mm. you know? filled with love, but also the dark times, you know, when you commit to marriage, you yeah. say in the good and the bad, and I've seen both sides and yeah. I've seen the way that they've stood there for each other, um, in those very dark moments. So I, I would like to say that, yes, I'm going to take a lot of the tools I've learned from them and apply it to my own marriage one day. Um, and hopefully I, I'm as fortunate to, you know, be married for as many years as they've been, because I know they've put in the work when, when you hear that relationships are work, that marriages work, uh, it couldn't be more true, you know? And I think that's why the dating is so fun and I'm excited for marriage, but at the same time, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> dating has been so fun. We've done so much, all these responsibilities and all these other factors you have to consider aren't really there when you're dating. Oh when yeah. The marriage, everything I hear, everything's going to change. Like I had someone joke with me, oh, run, you know, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, what I was saying, and I'm glad again, you have a good example. And let me, um, let me, let me make a, a note here. Cause I think this is important for us to consider. So going back to Kateri's example, if you are in a home where you don't have both of your parents there, or you don't have your guardians, whoever they are, if they're not there raising you, understand you might not have the best lived examples to know how to model or measure your relationships off of or who you choose to engage with, right? Right. That that matters because in the future, when you're trying to vet people, when you're trying to decide who you wanna really give an opportunity to, it just means you might make some early mistakes and it's not necessarily because you're a bad person or you're a bad judge of character. You just didn't have the best examples to look up to. So you're gonna have to learn like a lot of us do through some heartache through some hardship and it's unfortunate but this is reality right so I'm, I'm, I'm always gonna to lay that out there but back to your point about uh the marriage and what, you, what your friends are saying i think in my opinion 
number one, we know that's like the highest form of relationship you can offer, right? A man proposing to a woman uh, for our heterosexual couples out there. That's right. the that's the highest honor you can you can ask of a, of a person. We know at the same time, there's inherently going to be a lot of challenges going to come with that. Not because it's marriage, because you have this label now and that dictates all this this hardship. It's because life is still happening at the same time. Yes. And then to your point, what you were just saying, you're trying to merge two people's lives, fully integrate them. Mm-hmm. Why is dating easier? Because I'm still sort of living my own life. I'm not saying we, we coexist, but I'm still kind of doing my own thing. You're yep. more or less doing your own thing. When we decide to marry, these paths have to align now. So we have to talk about a lot of stuff to try to make sure that we are in an alignment. Otherwise, and shout out to those who don't do those things, we're going to end up dealing with some unintended consequences and some very difficult discussions later on of things that we weren't really considering. So I hope in your case, since you had such a good example you guys have been engaging maybe in some of those talks already. Is that? Absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. We've been together for seven years. So I think I've learned a lot about him and he's learned a lot about me, vice versa, you know, and uh, I know we haven't ever lived together. And I think again, going back to like the culture and stuff, Mm -hmm. I've never left home. So I think this is going to be very big for me. It it is. (laughs) Oh, it absolutely will. (laughs) Yeah. I know I'm going to cry. I mean, I'm not going to have mom's home cooked meals, grandma's food. You know what I mean? That's just one little, (laughs) but it's just the mere fact that I'm going to be leaving. And, um, you know, Tim, my fiance, he has told me, you know, like once we're married, like there's no like running to mom and stuff when we have issues. Like I want us to be able to work through our problems together. Like that's Mm -hmm. so big for me. We can't like go lock ourselves in our room. Like, and that's always been big between us. If there's any arguments, like we hash it out right then and there. Mm. Um, and I think that's so crucial um because there's times too and I and he's learned this about me sometimes I might be like in a mood or upset about something and he's just kind of like you know he can tell I'm upset but I can't have him like guessing because sometimes he's like well what's wrong and it's like oh you know like I I almost want him to keep asking which is terrible and it's like but he knows he knows you right now and then we'll, we'll we'll talk about it and whatnot but um yeah I just hope that I I think we have established a lot of that communication between us yeah. and I know I know kind of what ticks him off and vice versa. And we know like what means the most to each of us. And I feel like a lot of our values are very much shared and that's why it has worked for so long. So I want to say that these seven years, like as much as we used to make the job, like Tim, you're taking a long time. Like, you know, what's going on. Um, (laughs) The timing was perfect. I, it was perfect. And I, I couldn't be more excited to embark on this journey with him because he's a very patient person. I'm more of the, I guess you could say like the firecracker of the relationship, the emotional one of the relationship. He's more <laughs> like my my logical, keeps me grounded side, you know? Sure. But he also has that sentimental side. I don't think I could be with someone that could not express their emotions and sure. wasn't willing to become like, you know, like a softie for me. Like he makes this joke, like if my friends knew how I was with you, like my reputation's out the window. Yeah. You know? I mean, and it's, right? No, I mean, that's, that's pretty typical. I was gonna say that's that's pretty typical for most guys. You know, yeah. like we we behave differently when you find somebody that you really want to be with, you want to build a future with. Yeah. There's maybe elements of how you are as a single man that you're gonna sort of soften up on because you're allowing the influence of that woman to, again, kind of be impressed upon you. So maybe there's some things you used to be a little harder on, and you're like, eh, I can be yeah. a little easier. Oh yeah, most definitely, and and vice versa in the ways that he's kind of changed me. Like you know now. 
before I react and get angry about something, I kind of take a minute to be like, okay, was it really that serious? You know, because mm-hmm. we have all those conversations. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again, please, for the audience. Um, he told me, he said, because, you know, when I had moments where I get really worked up or I'm quick to get upset, I think twice and I take a moment to be like, is that really a big deal? Um, yes. And it's because of him that I reevaluate things. And that's the honest truth, because it takes him a lot to get upset. Like he's very um, slow to anger. I've always told him that. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, I'm very reactive, you know, and so it's like, you know, Kiwi, Kiwi's my nickname, by the way. He's like, <laughs> Kiwi, <laughs> Kiwi, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, some things are just not, you know, no, I don't think they meant it that way, for example, or I think you're kind of taking it too much to heart. And sure enough, like at first I used to be like, what? Like, you know, you're not. And he's like, I'm considering your, your feelings of 100%. Like, I understand why you feel this way, but I don't think it was meant that way. And so now Mm -hmm. when there's, you know, situations, I think about that. And he's kind of like my little like conscience. I hear, you know what I mean? It's just, that's that's beautiful, man. So many good points. So many good points. I'm trying to make sure these things are heard. So let me, let me emphasize that point before I jump to the other point that you just made. So the PSA Kateri just said was you need to, I call it pausing, pause before you try to respond more than react. Because right. responding requires you to actually take some time and think and digest things. Absolutely. So you need to pause because if you know your emotions are heightened at that moment, you're probably not going to give the best response or you're not going to deliver in the best way mm-hmm. because your emotions are clouded. Okay. Exactly. So, but piggybacking on what you were saying, the second part, I think not only should we take that time to respond and make sure, you know, we're ho- hopefully making us a little less defensive. But you talked a lot about communication, which as a therapist, that's like my bread and butter, right? That's majority of the time and I'm working with a couple. That's what's going wrong. It's right. dysfunctional communication. And and another little thing I picked up that you said was sometimes we're not communicating the thing that actually bothers us. Yes. And we're kind of hoping, maybe expecting, maybe praying, <laughs> who knows, that the person is just going to pick up that that thing, right? I got, right. Exactly. I'm try, I've had I've had women uh, tell me over the years, like, I'm trying to leave like the little breadcrumb trail, you know, and like, hopefully right. you'll, you'll pick it up, right? And I say, listen, listen, for all the ladies out there who might be listening, I say, listen, for us, okay, most guys I know, we're pretty direct. Yeah. Meaning, we would like to hear things exactly as you intend so if you want us to do something we want you to tell us if you want us to listen to something try something whatever it is we want you to like almost if you had to like like i'm grabbing this mic grab the face and say hey (laughs) i need to do this yes because it's easier for us to then respond and say okay i don't know why she said that but let me listen maybe there's something we can do about it one thousand percent so that's really really important so the communication aspect i always like to try to give that note is you can to kind of give you a scenario yeah i'm like you can do it your way which i'm not saying you are but it could be like i'm gonna leave the trail and hopefully he'll figure it out and then i'm getting frustrated every day that that's not happening or every moment that that's not happening Mm -hmm. or you could try my approach grab their attention and say hey i need you to really listen here okay and then if you see that the, you get the intended response or you get the intended outcome, then maybe you consider changing your approach. So you don't have to have all this built up frustration and maybe resentment with oh, yeah. your partner. Does Most definitely. Sense? Oh, yeah. Going off that point, like we have shifted because it used to kind of be like that at first where I would leave mm. that breadcrumb trail that you're talking about. <laughs> he literally told me those words where he was like, 
Kiwi, I need you to just be direct about what it is that's bothering you. Like this, yeah. I can't, it, I can't guess, you know, I, I'm going to get it wrong. I need you to kind of be direct with me. And he told me like that guys need to just be told. And sure enough, so I feel like in that way, our dynamic has changed where now it's like, okay, I'm not going to make him guess. I feel like it's just frustrating for the both of us. Like I'm expecting something of him and he's mm. frustrated he can't figure it out. So now it's like, I'm just telling you, okay, well, this, this kind of bothered me or this is why I'm upset, you know? Yeah. So 100%, like that's key. That and when I, when I hear communication, that's the first thing I think about, like, don't have your partner guessing what's wrong. Like, yes. sure, you might have your feelings, but eventually you should tell them and don't just like have kind of, it's almost like a, I don't want to call it a game, but mm -hmm. when you're just kind of like, oh, let, let's make sure, you know, let's have him guess and then see if he gets it right. And that's Absolutely. not, it's just not going to work. I've realize that in my own relationship like you just have to be direct about it and that's worked the best mm -hmm. for us honestly just like be upfront. so yeah especially especially to your point when you think about the degree of challenge that will inherently happen as you try to merge your lives together there's all these little details Kateri that right you guys never had to think about right yeah. and these aren't bad things these are just yeah. it's just a part of the process right let me give you some some experience, not necessarily truth for you, but just some experience that I've had personally and things that I've learned from some of the clients I've spoken to. Yes, please. When you live with somebody, number one, it, it can bring out different aspects, obviously, that you probably might not have seen before. Because right. normally, like, you know, maybe I'm sleeping in my own bed majority of the time. So there's things about my behavior, my routines, what have you, that you've, you have no, no uh, reference point to. You're just like, I didn't know that you do these things, but then when yeah. you come together, it's like all this stuff is going to come out. Right. And you guys are going to have to learn how to navigate that. For example, right. some guys are kind of dirty. So maybe they like leave clothes around and oh, yeah. not me. I'm very clean, but let's just say you know, <laughs> other people. And you might be like, I got to clean up after you. Like, Hey, we have a hamper. Can you put your dirty socks in the hamper and not leave them by the front wow. door? It's all, it's like little examples like that. Dirty dishes in the sink, taking the trash right. out. There's like a bunch of little small examples that happen, but this is why the communication is important. Yes. I promise this is always going in a coherent fashion. Yeah. When all these little issues are allowed to build up due to a lack of communication, then it turns into this big thing. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And then if you let that, if you extrapolate that, let it grow over time. I'm not saying you're going to do this, but just as an example, if you let that grow over time, that can threaten the stability of the relationship. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, like, I can see that being the case. Big, yeah. Big picture stuff. Big picture I stuff. feel like that's in general, I think with anything, the more you let things build up, you know, I feel like even with friendships and whatnot, you reach a point where it's like, okay, I, I've had it, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. I got to confront this, but it's like, you're absolutely right. Why let it grow to that degree where it does yeah. put your relationship at risk and everything you guys have worked for up until that point and all the, you know, all the years together and stuff only for it to like, you know, blow up because there were certain things that just bothered you. And because you didn't address it in that moment, it grew to this, mm -hmm. you know, explosive moment. So I 100%, and I think going off your point, you know, as I go into this journey of marriage, I'm really going to always keep that in mind and continue doing what we've been doing in a sense, like, yes, the living, the way Good. we love and stuff may conflict, but just communicating everything, you know, is just so yeah. important. Um, I never want to be in that moment where I'm like, just just struggling because I didn't express what was bothering me like no and I think we've established that pretty well and I hope it can carries on into marriage like I said yes I, I mean to be fair to you guys I would think it would I mean if you got yeah. seven years in with somebody I don't think you're gonna completely flip the script no <laughs> because you go through a ceremony 
Yeah. And he actually, so he has lived away from home and that's another way that we differ. Like he actually okay. went away uh, for work at one point. He lived in Seattle for like, it wasn't very long, like two months because of COVID. Oh, he had to come okay. back. But even in those two months, I was like, okay, this is hard. Um, but he lived on his own and just kind of okay. watching him, we would like FaceTime and stuff. I kind of saw like little things, you know, and like now he actually lives with two of his best friends, their roommates. And I, I hear some of the things that, you know, frustrate him or, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I think like, I kind of have learned a little bit, of course, yeah. it's going to be different when we live together, of but course. also like something about him. Oh, you know, I can't find my socks. Sometimes he's late. That's one of the things that we we argue about right it's like you're always late he's like well i can't find socks and i'm like where are your clothes you know what i mean so i can already see that being like uh you Little just need your clothes away one your clothes his sleeping habits aren't the best like i already have like this i'm like don't <laughs> worry i'm gonna like i'm gonna regulate it's all gonna be good but there you go that's 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 partnership by the way yes that's that's real partnership because you you find those ways you know to complement each other like these right. are things that maybe like i'm not as good here I'm going to lean on to you for these skills that you have or these preferences that you're really strong in and vice versa, you know, for me. I think that to me is what really makes relationships work. And then the stuff that's in between, you know, that we, even when you have been together as long as you have, right, there's always going to inherently be questions and concerns that will pop up that there's no way you can anticipate, yeah, right? Like mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's just, it doesn't matter how long you can be together for 20 years. There's always going to be something new because we all have to remember too, that we're always growing. Exactly. Who you were seven years ago in that relationship is not who Kateri is today. For Tim, same thing. He's not the same person. And so the goal is to like to grow, you know, together as much as we can, like grow at least in similar directions. And then the changes that are happening to make sure we're communicating effectively about what those wants, needs and desires are so that we can continue to balance each other. Right. Does that make sense? I'm gonna I'm gonna need you when we get married. If we run into problems, I'm <laughs> no, you, you know what's you know what's interesting. I will share I will share this because I was really really happy about it. Um, I mean happy and bittersweet, but for the right reasons. So one of my clients, my first one actually, um, when I when I struck out on my own, she recently got engaged, and the reason why I was so happy about it was because they went through a lot in the last couple of years together. And um, I'm not gonna, of course, I'm not gonna spill all their beans, but yeah. the point is they, I felt fortunate enough that they allowed me to help them try to navigate this process of right. trying to come, like they actually were separated for a period of time to, to try to figure out how to come back together and then how to navigate this pro, I don't know what your process was, if you wanna share later, but how to navigate the process of like, how do you even discuss a proposal? How do you even discuss when you're ready for it? What do you need to know before that time comes? Like we went through all of it in excruciating detail, the three of us. And I feel fortunate that they allowed me into that space because thankfully, as I said, it happened. And um, it helped me learn a lot. I've never been married. It helped me learn a lot from that experience to see what are some things that people, you know, have hesitancies and concerns about? And what are some of the things maybe we should be addressing before you take that step, yes. not just, you know, guy gets down on knee, been with you X amount of years. I'm assuming I'm really big on, I'm really against assuming I'm assuming I've been with her this long. So when I propose to Kateri, she's absolutely going to say, yes, I know she's going to. Right. <laughs> and you might be wrong because she might have some reservations. There may be some stuff that need to get addressed first. And before you get your heart broken or 
set yourself up maybe to be disappointed. There are some things that I think should be discussed ahead of time. And we were fortunate enough and I was fortunate enough that they allowed me to work with them essentially for a majority of 2022 to really go through that entire process. It took almost all of 2022. Wow. And, and they had about the same amount of time you were, you've been in your relationship together, like prior to that separation. So that's amazing. I, I know it takes a lot of work, um, just yeah. kind of being there and being able to witness it. And right. so I think when you can get to that point to where you are, I think it, it's truly an awesome experience to be able to feel comfortable and confident that you really want to go through this journey of life with them. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Like to have someone commit to me like that, like you dream about this, like as a girl, like I, I was young and I used to picture like, you know, getting married and who's going to be my person. And of course, like, don't get me wrong, like my, my journey up until finding him hasn't always been that pretty. And I know we kind of sure. touched on like past relationships. And as much mm -hmm. as I, I said, like I had good models, like my parents, I feel like we all go through this point where we think we know everything and and we're just like, we know the world. And and that was what my parents tried to teach me. But, you know, we have to go through our own learning phase. Yes. So I think I also learned a lot in my, I had two like past relationships before Tim. Um, and in those relationships, I learned, yes, there was heartache, but who could have imagined that I'd be at this point where I found my person and mm -hmm. they were, it was a learning curve, you know, because one of them, I don't even know if we should consider like a real thing. Cause this was like starting late middle school into early high school where I thought okay. I just knew it all. And I, you know, you're just like, I know everything. Right. And <laughs> my mom and daddy told me, you can't have a boyfriend until you're 18. And and of course I didn't listen, mm. but they had their reasons now looking back, like, Oh, like I get it now. Like this guy was just not ready for a commitment or relationship. So I can't say that the journey up until now has been perfect. Cause it hasn't, you know, I've, I've been cheated on. I've, I've been with someone who was very, um, became very like toxic and manipulative and just mm. very controlling and jealous. Um, so in that, like I, and I did know that was wrong at the time. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't, I can't say that I was ever like, you know, this is, this is okay. This is just normal. This is what happens. Like I knew like this, something's up. But when I say manipulative, I mean that this person, you know, touched on my, um, took advantage, I guess, of my compassion and my kindness. Because there was always some story for me to stay around. And sure enough, I would like, you know, yeah. and so I finally reached a breaking point. Something happened and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And I and the fact that I didn't feel any emotions, I only felt I actually felt like joy. I was like, because like three months prior to that, I was already kind of out of it, you know, in a yeah. sense, like I was just sticking around because of what I said. He was playing on my my kindness and my compassion. And anyways, that, that with with that all being said, what I mean to say is it's I've learned a lot in those mm. relationships too i've learned what i don't want and i learn what Facts. right <laughs> what you don't want what a true partner is yeah. you know someone who just doesn't question you right off the bat you guys have this trust unless there's a reason for the trust to be broken like we've had trust all throughout um mm. there's just so much i've learned um what i don't want and then being with someone who has just been amazing I, I can't say nobody's perfect but i want to say he's very close like when you find that person that just loves you for everything that you are even in the moments that you're not yeah. at your best you know someone that and he gives me like those words of affirmation which is something i think i i really i value it's not just you're beautiful it's like i love you for your heart um i love you because i see how you care about people and i see how yeah. everyone around you is towards you and how much love you have like there's just so much there's just I, I looking back now i am very grateful for 
the past because like i said i've just they have been major learning experiences for me and mm -hmm. um now i feel i feel more like an adult now i'm 27 and sometimes i still feel like i'm 17 but no like i have <laughs> we're talking about this i'm reflecting and just yeah. seeing like my growth that's what that's what it boils it. down to to your point yeah yeah and i think the number one thing is that we make each other better and that's something tim always told me like i want to make sure i surround myself with people that make me better and to know that he found that in me because what's funny is tim used to tell me he didn't really believe in marriage <laughs> like he really wasn't all like he didn't have that in mind like getting married you know what i mean and so it's different for us yeah oh yeah i'm sure it is i learned you know but by, by, by the way just before i continue just so i can have a reference point how old is tim tim is he's gonna be 27 this march so i'm okay. three months older yeah okay 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 please continue yeah, yeah, of course. So it was just um, make, you know, being with someone that makes you better, I think is like number one. And that's something I very much value. And someone who, again, has similar values. Like I said, faith is a big part of my life. And he also has like this faith in God. So, and it doesn't have to be that. I, of course, every relationship is different, but find what's important to you and what matters mm -hmm. the most and try to find that in your person, you know? And absolutely. There's just so much. Like, I, I, I'm really enjoying this conversation because I like, I've never, I've of course talked about Tim and how great he is, but I've never had this platform to just like share like exactly what a relationship has been and how, you know, how much we have learned from each other, how much we've grown together. And that's why seven years is a long time. People can say, no, he should know like after one year, after two years that he wants to marry you. Like, no, we've come a long way. He used to not believe in it. And then like within like two years, it's like he, there was a shift and he just, yeah. you just, it, it all boils down to finding that person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And even if it's, I mean, I would hope that everyone would find that commitment to marriage. Some people may not want that, but just sure, sure. that person that just, you know, loves you wholeheartedly for everything that you are, um, makes you better, works through the issues with you. Mm -hmm. um, something else for me is like goals. Like I've always had set goals for myself and I found someone who also has set goals for himself and helps me encourages me and helps me reach those goals. Absolutely. There's just I, so much. <laughs> no. And I want to link to something that you're, that you're describing there in, in, in terms of how you sort of measuring how good that relationship can be and what you both are wanting. And I would look through it through the lens of culture. Right. Cause you, cause you've touched on some aspects of it, right. When we were talking about how you grew up, I don't know how you would describe culture for you. What I'm saying, just to give a, a, an example, when I'm talking about culture, so I usually think about it in two lenses, and this is just mainly built on my own life experience. So you have the overarching American culture. Those of us that grew up in this country, there's aspects of being here that you sort of inherently learn, right? But then those of us that come that have family from different origins of other countries, then there's like what I call the subculture that's within that. And sometimes that is a little bit beneath American culture. It may be equal to American culture. It may be more important than American culture because of, you know, again, the values, the morality, maybe there's religion attached to it, the way that you carry yourself, the type of person that you would even allow yourself to be with or your parents would want you to be with because, you know, culture for a lot of folks matters. Right. Mm -hmm. How would you define the way you grew up and how culture may have shaped what you saw in like Tim, for example, to make you want to even try to build a relationship? Uh, That's him. such a great question. My gosh, let me think about that. Um, sure. I think, I guess going back to like the relationship of my parents and whatnot. And I mean, in Latino culture, like, I mean, my sister and I, we're, it's two sisters, right? We don't have a brother or anything. And we grew up in a pretty strict like environment. And I think 
Hispanic parents are definitely more strict on the girls, right? For sure, so, for sure. <laughs> I yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So as much as like in the moment when I was younger, I'd be like, you like, this is too much. Like, you know, they're, they, they were still very lenient in a lot of ways. Like you can go out with your friends and blah, blah, blah. But just like the boys, when it came to boys, like this is no, you have to wait, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but I think just that and the way that my dad and mom have been like, in a sense, like servants to each other, not servants, but just my mom has, you know, willingly, like when she comes home from work, she's cooking for us. And that's just, and it's not just like a traditional thing, like just because she wants to out of her heart. Like mm -hmm. my mom of service wants to, you know, give us good food and like wash our clothes and all that stuff. And and just seeing that those little things that mean a lot to me, I know mean the world to my dad, too. Yeah. And I'm going to carry that like in my relationship. Like I feel like acts of service is big, you know, and just like knowing Tim, knowing the things that are of value to him and, mm -hmm. you know, bringing that into our relationship. So I think culturally, like just wanting to serve each other and it shouldn't be like, oh, the woman's doing everything for the man. We were way past that point. Like, yes, I grew up in a Hispanic household, but my mom, my grandma, sure. She still has a little bit of that mentality. Like you need to serve your husband. <laughs> sure, you know, sure. he, should, he should be eating before you and all that stuff. But my mom and dad, thankfully, were a little bit more like, you know, with the times in a sense, like, yes, but we should be a service to each other, you know? And yeah. so it's, I've just seen what a 50-50 partnership is. So I want to make sure that you know, and I feel like Tim and I have already had that. So I want to make sure it translates over into when we're married and when we are living together. I am going to mimic a lot of what I see in my mom. Yeah. I know I'm as a wife. Absolutely. No, I, I appreciate you mentioning that, those stories. I think this is where it gets very nuanced, right? Yeah. This is where I think, how do we say? This is why I think people get confused about why these roles and these examples matter that we see. Yes. Let me give an example why I'm making this point. So what I hear a lot in today's society, and this is mainly through either it could be through I'm working with somebody. It could be my own personal encounters. It can also be through content that I'm, I'm consuming online because I consume a lot of content for women speaking to women and men speaking to men. Because, again, I'm trying to really understand. And I hear a lot about female empowerment, which I'm totally in support of. But I also hear some things that I feel might be making it harder to bring people together, meaning men and women. So we talk about like these concepts of independence, right? And to me, independence should be like the starting point for everybody, right? Like in my mind, maybe I'm maybe I'm biased. <laughs> in my mind, everybody should be independent kind of before we're coming together. Like I'm not finding you out of high school where you're dependent on your parents. So my expectation is kind of, you can take care of yourself. You know how to do basic human adult things. Yes. And you should expect similarly from me. If I'm not, to me, that you, you kind of can't get in the door, so to speak. Right. Um, if that makes sense. So I don't really look at that as like a metric to say you should overemphasize that part if you're so independent, if you're so independent, right? And I've yeah. talked about it with some other uh, guests on previous episodes about the idea of interdependence. And I kind of hear you describing it as you're talking about things. Meaning, when I use that word, because I like to define words, what I mean when I say that is you can be independent. I can be independent. Meaning, you can do pretty much everything you need to do in your life by yourself. I can do the same, right? Yeah. So it's not a question of do I need you to do these things for me? It's a choice of what I rather have you do things that you are better at than me and vice versa, because it makes my life easier. 
we can make each other's lives easier because this thing called life is very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Stuff gets thrown at us constantly, i.e. the pandemic. So for so many of us, the expectation in my mind, this is just my opinion, right. instead of preaching and only trying to focus on independence for all people, that should be there. But to me, it's more important to talk about how can we balance each other in the way where in areas maybe you're stronger and I'm maybe not as so much so, that's a good way for me to find somebody who can compliment me in those ways. Absolutely. Rather than I need to be able to do this without you and you need to just kind of join on my ride. Like just come on my journey and I'm just going to keep pushing ahead. I think that type of rhetoric not that it's dangerous. I think it just makes it really hard for people to see yeah. the value of actually learning how to work through issues with somebody yes. and not thinking as soon as you hit a minor bump in the road, you should jump ship because the grass is always greener and right. just go find somebody else. Because I think a lot of people are, are finding out that that might not necessarily be true. 100%. Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh my gosh, 100%. Like, of course, there are things that are just like a no, like a no-go, kind of like the cheating. If someone were to be cheating on me, like that's just jump ship, as you said, right? That's a deal breaker. That's what I call those deal breakers. Things you're not going to compromise on. Yeah. Or someone who's manipulative, toxic, based on my previous examples. But like you said, there are things, I feel like if it's, and I don't want to say that's the, that's the, you know, the line, oh, if they cheat, that's it. No, like there, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that I'm not mentioning that could be sure. breaking points, but I feel like the majority of it is stuff that you can work through as a couple. If you find that right person, like you said, that compliments you, mm -hmm. that can help you again, become the better version of yourself. Absolutely. The things that I lack, like he helps me, you know, he's helped me grow to develop, I guess, those, those skills within myself, you know what I mean? And vice versa. Like, um, and that's why I think what you're saying is absolutely true. Like based on my own experience, based on the relationship I've been in, because of course we've had our issues to work through too, but that's, that's the key. We've worked through them Correct. because we both came together and made this conscious decision to tackle the issues together. And even though sometimes they may be hard conversations, like I know that that, and when I say that, when you hear, sorry, when you hear that a lot of this stuff makes your relationship stronger, like that couldn't be more true because now I feel like we're invincible to a lot of things in a sense and that's why it's it's crucial it's crucial to find that person that compliments you. if you guys are exactly the same well one kind of boring i think it can be well, it can be and it can if be. you do, like find like no one's gonna be perfect okay so if i'm not perfect in this way i i found someone that can help me kind of based on their example like even in the ways he's acting like you said action is big like i see how he how he carries himself from the beginning from the get-go how he takes care of his parents like that's huge for me like mm -hmm. um he's always made it a point to be there for them and to you know just, just take care of them like overall and i think that's another way that we're very similar is we do have that family that strong family dynamic but yeah. had he not had i not like i know we would have supported each other in that too and he's come around to my family a lot like my family's a lot bigger than his um way bigger so coming in that was like a big cultural shock you know but there you go there's there's culture he, again yeah culture culture is big but he assimilated you know so well and everyone just embraced him and and um anyways going back to the whole point of it's just so important to find the person that's gonna you know, embrace and enjoy the 
the highs with you, but also get through the lows with you. Yes, that's that's really, really important. That That's yeah. essentially what I was trying to drive home. I mean, right. I talk so much about compromise and, and deal breakers, like I said, because like I do that with my clients sometimes, like when they're trying to date. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, if you're trying to intentionally go in and, and actually date people, right. we would do a better job, I think, of filtering yeah. people out, meaning maybe you have a, you know, a couple of dates, but then you quickly determine that they're not really looking for the same thing or they're not kind of moving in the same way that I am. Right. And then, you know, you politely move on. I think what happens for a lot of us though, is we have no plan. <laughs> there is no intentionality. We just kind of fall into stuff. And then we're kind of shocked that they don't work or that we end up getting, maybe getting these situations we're not ready for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to use that actually as a segue because you kind of brought it up a moment ago about how you had some relationships that happened obviously before you got to your fiance. Can you touch a little bit on like what some of those relationships were like in terms of what you experienced and what did you generally take away from those experiences? Yeah, definitely. So like, you know what the first, my first ever boyfriend who they say is like the hardest and it's the biggest heartache. Sure. I cried a lot of tears for that guy. Mm -hmm. And looking back, I'm like, why? But um, we were, I had no business being in a serious or what I thought was a serious relationship. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is I feel like my heart never changed because I gave my whole heart, even that young, naive relationship. Um, and in that first one, I experienced, you know, I thought I thought it was love, right? We always think the first one is real love. And um, <laughs> he, you know, I was hearing things like, oh, you know, like uh, I, I kind of, you know, I, I've been hearing that he's cheated on you and la la la. And I'm just like, no. and And my parents, they have just, you know, parental intuition, you know, and my mom was very much like this, you know, you sh- this isn't going to work. Like you shouldn't, first of all, you shouldn't be dating. And mm-hmm. to look at like, he's just very, he's immature in a lot of ways. He's not trying to settle down like he, and I don't blame the guy, like he's a kid and you mm-hmm. too, but it's like, but that's, I think what separates us too, like um, at that age, like girls and guys kind of thing is like, guys are just like, you know, like messing around. I don't want to say everyone's like that because it's not true. Sure. But girls, I feel like are have always had like this sentimental, like softness to them. And it and they looking at myself then, I was just this naive girl and I thought that that was true love. And anyways, I experienced um just like someone who kind of had me go against my morals and values. Mm. And that was huge because my more my moral parents have always been my moral compass. And I knew that certain things were wrong, that he was, you know, trying to have me like engage in, in a sense. And I was like, okay, this, I I knew in my heart, this was wrong, but I was just, you know, like as a kid and I consider myself a kid, I was a teenager. Yeah. But I had so much growing and so much learning to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just like going against my values is something I experienced during that time a little bit where I was like one line to my parents, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like sneaking out with him at one point like to hang out and i shouldn't have been doing that so yeah going against my values was one and that should have been the biggest red flag but then of course that all um hit the fan when i find out like you know the the stories about him cheating on me were true because i saw something and i'm happy to say that i did walk away at that point as hard as it was like i walked away and i remember like yeah i remember just crying and my dad's like everything's gonna be okay like and who was holding me and you know it was hard for like a couple days maybe a week i'll give it that right but then i realized okay like i i had no business being in a relationship like that and thank god it's over you know so in that first relationship that's kind of what i experienced um fast forward a couple years to like my college years i met somebody else and um through mutual friends and of course at first it was all 
good, right? Like that honeymoon mm-hmm. phase, everything's great. He actually used to tell me, um, you know, my ex, we talked a little bit about our past relationships, the one I had and the one he had. My ex was crazy. That was his story. Like, you know, she was she was psycho and all this stuff. And I believed him because he just seemed like such a great guy. Come to find out as the relationship progressed, he was uh, he became very jealous. Mm. I couldn't have guy friends. Um, and shame on me for allowing that. So I feel like any girls out there, if you're in a relationship where someone is just jealous and worked up about you talking to like one of your guy friends, and I get it. Like, I know there's a fine line like what you can't, I know they say you can't have guy friends. You can't have girlfriends when you're in a relationship. But I knew that the people I was talking to weren't like, um, you know, ha- didn't have that intention with me. They were just mm. friends from middle school. Anyways, the, the bottom line is he would start and I gave him this power over me where he asked for my passwords for my social media accounts and I gave yeah. it to him and I gave him that power. And then sure enough, I come to find out he's like blocking guys and all this stuff like that. And okay. I was like, okay, this isn't right. And then I started to see him become a little bit more like explosive on me. Thankfully, he never put his hands on me, but it became like this emotional, mental abuse type situation. Mm. And um, my parents are too, like, they know me better than anyone. Like, I would try to put on a happy face, but it was like, something's going on. Something's off. Something's off. And I didn't want to admit to it. But I guess sure enough, there was always something that where things just hit the fan. I kind of let it, like I said, like a few months prior to the relationship ending, I was already kind of falling out of it because i was like i i knew this wasn't okay but he played on my emotions and my heart and my kindness so i again another point is don't mistake someone's um i guess compassion and goodness for weakness even though at the time i that was what was happening i finally like you know you kind of have to come back to who you are and what what it is that you stand for what's important to your values absolutely that's that's what allowed me to like you know walk away and finally put my foot down like this is not okay and you know thankfully i was i eventually came to my senses and ended that relationship because what i hear and what i see a lot of you know a lot of times happening is that it does end up becoming physical even you know and there's just um uh, battered woman syndrome and all that and i was not about to be a victim of that because i knew better and it's just i wasn't gonna let it get to the point but it it's not that it happened overnight because i i i learned over time that i was being manipulated and i didn't know that right away and I mean, and that makes sense. I mean, if it's been, if if you're not maybe as experienced, which, you know, many of us are not, and you're just kind of learning, obviously, as you go, there might right. be things once the emotions come into play, and this is always where it gets a little tricky, right? Right. Because emotions, I always try to make this point, emotions cloud judgment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we maybe compromise in areas that we otherwise would not, but it's because of the emotions that we have attached to this person Absolutely. that we sort of make excuses or we, ra- or what I, in therapy, we call rationalizing. Right. Basically excusing their behavior. Yeah. And so it makes sense, you know, that you're describing that he's doing these different things that go against, you know, like who you are, what you were raised to be able to expect maybe from a man. And based on some things, maybe there's some other concerns that he had. And this is why I was talking about obviously therapy that he needed to work through. Right. Yeah. Because because let me give you the nuanced take of what you just said. And this is how I would how I would say it. Right. As a man, I can certainly appreciate the concern about your female partner having a lot of male friends. Right. I can totally appreciate that because Mm -hmm. men, we are, for the most part, very territorial. Oh, yeah. Right. And it's not necessarily because we have, you know, bad attitudes. It's just a lot of it is 
ingrained in us biologically, you know, to protect. And some right. of that is even further heightened based on how we grew up. So like I have an older sister. So like I've, I grew up around a pretty good amount of women. I was pretty balanced, but I have a certain understanding of sometimes how guys may be. So my first thought is to try to protect, right? Right. So for a lot of guys, that's the case. That's why they make those kind of comments. Like you shouldn't have a lot of female or male friends because right. there is a risk. It may be low, but there's still a risk. Or we need to have a compromise. This would be the other side of that. Mm -hmm. We, meaning the, the partners, we need to have conversations about that so that if I'm the woman, maybe in that case, I need to be able to provide you a certain level of comfort. Right. And knowing that nothing's going to happen and how that might look might be a little different. Right. But if I say, hey, I want this person in my life, but my partner says it makes them very uncomfortable, if I value my partner, I have to consider that and figure out what am I willing to do in order to try to appease them. Right. Right. Not because mm -hmm. they're controlling in that way. It's yeah. a comfort thing. The same way if, if you said to your partner, like, when you do this thing, it makes me uncomfortable. When you say this thing, it makes me uncomfortable. If they value you, then they'll consider modifying that behavior. Right. Right. That's just, right. that's, that's out of consideration. That's not, that wouldn't be manipulation. That would be out of consideration. Correct. But regardless to your point, you have to be able to communicate those things. And based on what you said, it didn't sound like he was really doing that. No, it was more just kind of like, you got to stop. Like this is what I'm going to do again. Like, you know, blocking people from my accounts and all that stuff. But yeah, you make a really valid point and kind of going off of that, like in this relationship, I'm in now, I made a conscious decision to kind of like remove people from my life that I knew kind of had like, I guess you could say like a thing for me that we were friends, but I knew, I, I knew very well that they liked me at one point. You know what I mean? Even though Tim, and I think like you said, you want to do it for that person. Well, I knew early on Tim was my person, like just mm -hmm. the way he um, loved me from the beginning. And, you know, was just, I, I just knew I wanted to do this for him. He never asked me to, he, he's never requested anything like that of me because he trusted me. But because I valued him so much, I made a conscious effort to just remove those people, you know, and I know that meant like a lot to him, you know, in a sense, because like you said, guys are territorial and I know he has a little bit about him too, but it, again, it comes back to the trust thing too. I think there's, it's two sides to it. You know, like I know the person I'm dating and I know that, um, she's not going to, you know, go out and cheat on me or go out and like, you just have to have like a level of confidence, you know, Absolutely. and to give you a reason not you know we're, we're the trust has been broken in a sense. absolutely let, but let, you're right and i did take that mm -hmm. i want to i want to add that point too just to try to make a quick little blurb because i always think that's important and some people don't yeah. don't know this to me trust is confidence mm -hmm. it's it's the confidence that i can follow what you say and when you say something i can actually believe that it's more than likely going to happen or if you're telling me something's not happening that it's not happening Yes. But once you violate it, what you're actually doing is you're breaking the confidence that I once had in your word. Yes. And as people, all we have is our word. Right. Especially as men, right? That's that's mm -hmm. that's all we can hold on to. That's what provides security and stability in the relationship. I want to kind of throw a little bit of a curveball at you on that concept. Cause I remember I heard this the other day um online, and I thought it was very, very interesting. And this is more on the effects somewhat of social media Correct. so i don't know all the platforms that you use I'll, I, I won't ask you that in a second but what i've noticed and you you can give me your feedback on what you think my perception of a lot of social media i'm speaking more about the instagrams the tiktoks that kind of stuff mm -hmm. that 
for a lot of young ladies, ladies at different ages, but definitely some young ladies, that there is a, a sensationalization, if you will, to share so many aspects of your life. Yes. And then to take it a step further, to share a lot of you right. on these public platforms, these public profiles. Right. What I find interesting, and PSA, I'm 36, so I kind of came around before a lot of these things. So I don't have any attachment to these platforms. That's mm -hmm. why it's interesting for me to learn about them. I don't have this attachment to validation from strangers. Okay. Right. But I've noticed a lot of young people, particularly a lot of young women, are almost infatuated with it, where their sense of self-worth is almost inherently attached to the amount of followers and likes and subscribers that they have on whatever particular platform that it is. And for me, it's quite interesting, not only as a person who kind of predates this phenomenon, but also as a man, because men and women, we're, we are different. We know that like, men tend to be the ones that will obviously initiate contact and pursue you ladies, right? Yes. My question around this thought is, have you ever struggled or do you know people who have difficulty with balancing this idea maybe that I may have somebody in my life that I really value, okay? Like I have a partner maybe like you do, but I'm still struggling with trying to balance this attention that I can get at will mm -hmm. from strangers. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. You make such a valid point. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you and say that I haven't gotten validation from social media. I, I'm very much on Instagram a lot and TikTok is my new uh, rabbit hole <laughs> that I just can't fall out of. Um, but I think uh, when I was younger, you know, like in my teenage years and stuff, I did get more validation from Instagram and whatnot than mm -hmm. I do now. Um, and I think it's just because, again, going back to like the relationship that I, the relationship, sorry, that I'm in, he's brought a lot of that validation, you know, and, and it's just kind of like, I don't even like, yes, it's a nice added thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I still post on Instagram and whatnot, but I've noticed like, okay, I'm posting less selfies now. Like selfies were a big deal for me and getting like that validation and those comments, mm -hmm. like you're beautiful and whatnot, you know, now it's more like I'm posting Tim and I and the things that we're doing, but sure. Like his validation is, is number one definitely and like i said he's always told me you know and he continues to tell me like i'm beautiful but it's more than that now i it's like validation about my character and my personality which i feel like you don't get from social media correct right on social media yeah on social media it's like your appearance yes and and okay and i'm trying very very hard to think about how to craft this right because right. we live in certain times now that point you just mentioned, right? To me, like that can't go understated because you have this idea and you have these platforms where people can get this attention, right? And again, I'm speaking more to young women. This is not me trying to focus only on young women, but let's be honest here. Right. Most people are, most of the time it's men looking at women. It's not the other way around. That's just mm -hmm. the way human behavior is. Correct it's always going to be there in terms of the access, depending on how much maybe a, a woman wants to show. Right. She can get access to eyeballs and attention. Would yeah. you agree with that? Oh yeah. 100%. Okay. With that being said, there's this nuanced sort of dance that then has to happen 
when you know you want a real relationship, when you know you want a real partner, but you might still be hooked on those eyeballs. Yeah. Right? If I go back to what I said a little while ago, when I said men are very territorial, right? Mm -hmm. What I mean by that in the context of social media is that men will look at women in different ways, depending upon how you present. Yep. And how you present online to us in a lot of cases is no different than how you present it in person. We're going to look at them like you're the same person. You're not some avatar online that is not connected to this person I'm sitting here looking at right now. You're the same person. And I say that because I've heard that before. Like, oh, I just do that for the gram. I'm like, no, no, no. That's still you. Exactly. Um, but with that being said, the challenge I feel for a lot of young people, and this is kind of why I brought this up to you, is that if you struggle and you get too much validation and you vet you value that validation so high right. from the people to your point that don't actually know your character your heart what you're about what you went through they don't know any of that stuff all they know is what they see right and let me build on that just for a moment what we show on social media 99 percent of the time is not the whole story mm -hmm. You're only showing a very nicely curated image of what you want people to know. Most people don't tell all of it. Preach. If yes. you don't get to see all that, but I'm showing you this beautiful image of who I am and what I'm supposed to represent. And I'm hooked on that. Right. How do we think that's impacting the partner, the guy right. who really is there for you, but then that could feel like an actual threat. That right you're getting pulled in this direction from these people who don't know any of those things I just laid out there about you. I do. And I'm giving those that validation to you. But it feels like it just doesn't stand up to the same amount for all these other guys. What would you say to that? Um, one, I say that that's an extremely valid point. And I feel like I've been there at one point, you know, and I think even now I can't say that I'm 100% like, I still and that's something I'm working on is like, overthinking things so much because i'm like oh what is this person gonna think of me mm -hmm. um you know like just wanting to be so um a people pleaser in a sense you know and i think that's something i've been i'm trying to overcome and tim has helped me with a lot it's like Kiwi, you really think like you said these people that don't know you really care you know like you're never gonna see this person again facts can, can you say that one more time please <laughs> what? wait what did i just say <laughs> sorry i said what tim just said what tim told you Oh, he said, like, why does it matter so much? You're not going to see this person probably ever again. You don't even know this person. Why is their opinion so significant to you? Let, let me say that again. She said her partner told her, if you're thinking about people that you get validation from online on whatever platform you're sharing stuff on, they don't get to see the real you and know all the different aspects about you that somebody like your partner or your family might know about you. Why should what they say really matter? in comparison to somebody who actually has had the fortune of getting to know you. Absolutely. Beautiful cool. point. Beautiful I love point. how you put it into words even better. Um, well, shout out to Tim, because I'm just piggybacking <laughs> on what he said. He's a wise man, <laughs> but it's so true. And, that, and I think that's the difference between us too, is he's never had social media like that. He never cared for it. So to see someone who I've been with, because in my past, like most, those people had, you know, social media. I met someone for the first time that didn't have any social media. And just like, you can see a big difference in that too. 
yeah you, know? you, you carry yourself differently i'm okay. i would consider myself the same way listen i've i've been out with people and you can tell when everything is for public consumption to try to make it simple yeah. and i'm very private Right. And I like things to, to me, like your private moments are for you and for that person or for you and your family member, whoever it is, not everything doesn't have to be shared to the world. And that's another point that I feel like a lot of young people are truly struggling with right now is oh, yeah. everything does not need to be publicized. Right. Like, if you and, didn't... and everybody didn't even care about all of your thoughts that you want to share. Like think about coherent things that you really oh. want to put a package thought or feeling or experience together, not just every single thing that's happening. I feel like I gotta capture and then make sure you guys see it. Oh my gosh. And to build off that point, like that's something I, I still do, honestly, is like, oh, and, and now it's more of like my relationship. And they say like, and I heard this recently and I couldn't agree more like the, I feel like the people that post the most and their relationship is so perfect and posting like daily posts of their partner mm -hmm. and then together, are sometimes the ones that are having the most relationship issues. And that might not always be the case, but I heard that recently, actually like the other day. And I was like, that's probably so true, you know? Yeah. And like going off what you said, I still, and I'm so guilty of this, like we'll be out at dinner and I'm like, wait, I want to take a picture of this. It's almost like that, that thought where they say, if you didn't post it, it didn't happen. And it's I like, mean, you know, I, I, and listen, to be fair to you, I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't, I haven't shared anything. Um, right. right. I think it's okay. This would be my only ca my only caveat to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's okay to take those things. My thing is about public versus private. That's more of my concern. If you're like a person who, and I'll just I'll give myself as an example to try to make this point. I'm from a generation where we didn't have the prevalence of all this technology, right? right. That we're even the fact that we're communicating right now, right? Old school way was a uh, snail mail. Yeah. You actually had to write letters to people. We actually had address books where we wrote your numbers down and your physical mailing address. And that's how we actually used to send you stuff. For those that did not know from the 2000s and up to the present. But I say that because a lot of us obviously don't have that connection to social media in terms of the validation side. So we yeah. grew up, we predated a lot of that stuff. Right. So to me, I know that I don't value that as much as I know that the young people do. So it's very difficult for them to like separate who they are. So they feel they might say, make statements like what you said. If I didn't post it, it didn't happen. My thing is more about public versus private. Because I didn't have the technology, I do capture a lot more of what happens in my life. But I don't share everything that happens in my life because it is not for public consumption. Absolutely. That is my issue for yeah. a lot of people. It's like when you're sharing all these things to your point about if I'm feeling the need to post my perfect relationship or not even perfect, but just my relationship. Is that inherently bad? No. Right. But if I'm doing it at such a frequency, this is just my, it would be my perception. Right. Why do you feel the need that everybody around you, and it could just be, you could have a private profile and only your friends and family know. Why right. do you think that they want to know or need to know everything that you're doing? Exactly. Just, just asking I, yourself that question. But go right. Ahead. And I think like, you know, initially when, and all that stuff is kind of like, oh, you know, the relationship. I just, I think what it is too is like, I, I just have so much love for this person. And I want, I almost want to like, I guess, let the world know, you know, in a mm -hmm. sense, like, I'm just so happy. Like, yes, again, like our relationship isn't perfect. Mm -hmm. Of course, that we've worked through a lot, but I just know that this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. So sometimes in the, initially, like I was, I could say I, I probably honestly looking back now probably posted a little much and stuff like that and then i see tim kind of like just enjoying the moments between us 
mm-hmm. where it's like like you said you don't really have to post everything Huey, and it's like yeah right you know what i mean he's never actually told me that because he knows that i enjoy social media sure you know but just like seeing him and seeing the moments we have like we've had a lot of special moments moments that haven't been shared on the gram for yeah. example you know what i mean and 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 also just to be able to because i've actually seen this happen also to help people feel more in the present you know yes like i know this might not seem like much but like just imagine right let, let me let me do like a, a quick little role play okay right so you, so you're talking right you're talking to me you're making points and i'm looking down here and i'm getting ready to go start scrolling on some stuff right right how engaging does this feel for you it's completely lacking like i'm talking to a wall no one's listening really right so I'm just over here. What did you say something? Oh, okay. Right. Back to what I'm doing, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Good? Okay. That's very disconnecting. You right. know, it doesn't allow for us to be in our present because I'm at, my mind is actually there instead of here. Yes. Instead of here, actually paying attention. Exactly. What is happening? Looking at you, your smile, your smell, mm-hmm. your hair. You dress up nice for me. We have this great meal. We're at this place. Right. I want to be here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that creates a barrier. It Not does. all the time. Again, I, I like to capture the moments. Right, right. But if I'm constantly, you know, I'm not suggesting that you are, but if I'm thinking so much about like, I need to get this and I want to make sure I share this at this time and I need to capture right. this many different photos and images and videos. Right. I think it takes away from these genuine experiences that sometimes we have. So to your point, if you have a partner who doesn't associate with that stuff at all, then it's like way easier for you to maybe be more grounded because they're not adding into it. Exactly. You might be like, I want to go take this photo and then I want to share it. And they might be like, hey, hey, that's for us, man. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Be here right now. Yes. And we'll be good. That couldn't be more true, 100%. And I've caught myself and I'm I'm better about it now, but it was yeah. like, oh, like I want people to see, you know, where we're at. In a sense, like I don't actually say that, but it's kind of <laughs> like, oh, I want my friends to see, you know what I mean? And that's just, and he doesn't have that. So you're right, when he's not engaging in it and is, it isn't all excited about it, it's like, this is so unimportant. In a sense, I'm always, I'm probably seeing like, that perspective. I think people are so interested in reality, they're probably not even interested, you know what I mean? And um when I, in the past, like when I've gone on social media in, in the middle of like, we're, we're having a special moment, we're somewhere that's really nice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like, I'll get on my phone and then he's just kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to get on my phone and text my friends. You know what I mean? And that's when it's like, okay, that's not going to work. So adding on to what you said, absolutely. Like the genuine experience is so important mm-hmm. and I've built to that and I've learned that. And I think that's, what's also helped solidify this relationship. Um, so I think you make some extremely valid points and to any person out there right now because I know a lot of us are victims to social media <laughs> and you know because it's a part of my daily life I can't lie to you like I I wake up in the morning I'll scroll TikTok for a while you know I'll see what people are up to and mm-hmm. just don't let that cloud um real life yes you know? that's so that's so important that's the part that and I and I'm grateful I'm grateful for growing up when I did because I felt like I was at the right moment in the middle between the old school way of doing things and the explosion of all of this technology. So I appreciate the technology in terms of the tools that they are. That's what I believe that they are. I think they can do a lot of good. So I'm not anti-social media. Right. But like a lot of things, I'm big on having balance and boundaries mm-hmm. with those things. Yes. And what I what I have to deal with on the professional side 
you know, I've had clients, especially young ones, who they take stuff really, really hard when, for example, they post something and it doesn't get the same amount of views or likes and whatnot. And they, and this is just what they've told me, that it really bothers them. Now, in my mind, I'm like, really? I would just think, like, I thought the purpose was to share. So then I talk a lot about intention yeah. and expectation. Because, like, I'll just use me for an example. If I'm going to share something, right, like sharing our interview, the goal would be to obviously attract attention because I think there's a lot of valuable information that can be extracted from this discussion. Right. However, it's not going to ruin my day because I don't have, like, a set number of what's supposed to happen. My intention is that this will live so people, when they ever are able to discover it, will be able to get some value from it. But that doesn't necessarily impact who I am and make me diminish myself if I don't get a certain amount of engagement right off the bat. Right. Whereas for some people, that is the way that they share. They share with the explicit intention that I must get X amount of views, X mm -hmm. amount of likes, X amount of followers, subscribers, whatever, whatever metric that they're measuring from. Right. That's the part I think that causes them a lot of concern because the expectation it may be really really high instead of if i maybe said my expectation is i want to share this information because if this can impact at least one person where they can get something and apply it to their life then that means that it was worthwhile to have this discussion definitely it, it, yeah. it makes it it makes it the the purpose behind it not only easier to achieve for in my case but also it doesn't negatively impact myself my own like mental health so to speak Yes. If I don't have this crazy high metric that maybe doesn't happen. But right. for young people, it's hard for them to kind of make that adjustment I've seen. Oh, and yeah. So that's that's why I'm big on like, you know, you, number one, you probably need to be at a certain age before you engage with it because yeah. it's going to be hard for you to understand how to regulate that. Mm -hmm. But also the context of what we're talking about, how it can impact a relationship because it's impacting you, which right. ultimately will impact any relationships that you have. Yes. And that's huge. And I used to be that person. Like I literally would post pictures and text my cousins, like, like my picture I posted, you know what I mean? <laughs> that was very validating to me. Shout How out to, to Terry. <laughs> like my photos. Yeah. Literally. I'd be like, okay, I posted, go look at it. Or I'd be like, I take like multiple <laughs> pictures, right? I'm calling myself out, but this is just the reality of it. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I I'm would sure take like not. multiple selfies, like in the perfect lighting and then send it to my cousin and ask her to pick the best one. And then I'd post it. And it's like exactly what you said. If I didn't get a certain amount of likes, okay, it has to at least reach a hundred. If it was any less, like it was kind of like a, it kind of hurt my ego a little bit, honestly. Mm, and so I can honestly say that that's very much the case. But then, like you said, then you find someone who isn't all about that life and who actually sees you for who you are and the person you are and values your heart. That's what you end up putting the most importance on. Absolutely. You know? And so, yeah, I grew, I, I, <laughs> I think I've learned a lot in this interview, just how much I have grown. Cause when I think back, I'm like, in what ways have I grown? You know, and I, this is big, like just the, yeah. the validation I would get from social media and, oh, this person said I'm beautiful, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like that was all validating for me or I want to, I want people to see what I'm doing, you know, because my life is exciting and whatnot, but it's mm -hmm. like, it's just so unimportant um to the point where like now i've literally within the past few years i've kind of grappled between like deleting my instagram keeping it because i just don't hold it to this high importance now it's more of me like i'm actually genuinely interested in sometimes what 
my friends are up to or you know like sure, sure. a big announcement made like a pregnancy or a marriage because everyone posts that right yeah, and but yeah. now I'm, now that i got engaged i'm like i need to post this well listen but those see to me those are significant life events right yes. like that totally makes sense why right. you would share that you know people who do the um uh what's that the gender reveals oh yeah like, you know when they do that kind of stuff that makes sense those are epic moments in your life like that totally seems fair and appropriate to share right so to me it's again they're tools right it's not that yeah, we yeah. shouldn't share we don't want to share right the balance we were talking about was all this external validation particularly from people who don't know you really at all all they know mm -hmm. is these images that you've shared exactly. so they have no context for who you really are right having that have so much personal weight on who you are and how you view yourself self-value self-respect mm -hmm. versus having the people who actually know me and let their weight be the most predominant way that I kind of view myself outside of how I look right. at me. Yeah, that's where I see that the disparity is. But to your point, if you're just like trying to see what your friends are doing, and they're sharing these epic moments that are happening in their lives, right. I think that's totally fair. And it, it seems very appropriate. Right. And I think it's just like a shift because like, I think we all have, I mean, for all of us who have been like heavily addicted to social media at some point, mm -hmm. there was this shift where it used to be all about me and the validation I was getting in my profile was all about my, you know, me and what's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, to now like, okay, one, it's less important. And two, I'm just kind of posting these bigger things or just like, you know, wanting one time I remember like when I made a post about Tim, you know, on our anniversary or something. And I realized I was kind of writing to myself. I made like this big paragraph, but like, you know, who's actually reading all that in a sense. Mm. And now it's more about like, and, and yeah, that's, that's big, right? Like why, people know we're in a relationship i'm pretty sure everyone else is out here like in their relationships like valuing what they have going on with their person or trying to find that person sure why is what tim and i have going on so important to other people but in a sense for me it was kind of like shouting to the rooftops like just like i finally found this person i was just so excited about sharing about who he was kind of sure but it's like at the end though who's dating him who's with him like good question right and so it's like that that was big but yes there's a shift where it became all about it was all about me to now it's like okay minimal like posting not as much don't get wrong i still post but it's like not posting what i used to post where the content was yeah. just kind of me 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 and getting that validation from random people on instagram there so you now go. i feel more um like my family members my friends the people who genuinely care about me that know me mm. their feedback is the is the kind that matters the most. Absolutely. You know? That's what I would hope we would all have, right? Right, right. And yeah. I do want to give another side to what you're saying too, because I think this is, you made an interesting point and ho hopefully this will make sense. I'm going to try to draw a quick parallel between social media. So, you know, like when you're initially dating, maybe this happened with you and Tim, maybe this happened with previous person. For us as guys, what we're usually thinking about initially is you sort of, I use this expression like, you're going to play how you practice. So how you set up the relationship initially, you're setting the tone, you're setting the expectations, right? So let me give an example. Give me the name of your favorite restaurant or, or a favorite restaurant, if you will. Oh, just throw uh, it out there. Laura Fish House. Laura Fish House? Yeah, Laura. Laura, uh -huh. Laura Fish House. Okay. Uh -huh. So let's say we're dating the first Four to five dates, I'm taking you to Laura Fish House. And then about two weeks after that, now I'm trying to take us to like Olive Garden. 
what happens in a lot of cases is I set an initial expectation, especially in the beginning, that this is sort of the life you can expect with me. Mm. And then when it kind of drops, it throws you off. Right. That's on a restaurant example, right? Let me give you a communication example. It's very common in the beginning when you're dating that you're going to communicate a lot. Mm -hmm. You're texting a lot, you're calling a lot, video chats, maybe you're trying to come over, all kind of stuff, right? The infatuation phase, all of that good stuff, honeymoon. And then for a lot of us, it starts to drop off. Why? Because we get used to stuff. You're not new anymore. We just get complacent. It's very normal human action that we have to actively work against uh, right. to keep the relationship as fresh as we can. Yes. Now, back to the social media side. Let me ask you a question. I was just trying to use that to set a tone. Right. Have you ever thought about when you're posting a lot of this content? This is between specifically the context is you and Tim. Mm -hmm. You said that's how it's evolved, right? Right. If you were posting him constantly or very often, okay, how do you think that might impact you guys in the future if you started slowing down that posting? Either from what the audience that you've curated, what they would think, or right. what you or your partner may think with that drop? What would you say? That's great. Another great question. Um, I think maybe the, you know, I get like the audience, I guess, the audience on Instagram and whatnot, they may potentially think like there's some relationship issues going on or something, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, she stopped posting so much. Like, is everything as perfect as it seemed, right? Mm -hmm. But in mine and Tim's relationship together, I know it would be definitely more of that genuine experience that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. where I'm not seeking any sort of validation anymore from social media. Now it's just you and me, like the moments that we're living together are, you know, so important and something I want to treasure between us, even if I didn't take a picture of it, you know, in a sense. And I think our relationship is definitely more intentional in that way. Yeah. Um, but that's the difference. I think the audience might think the people who I think care, right? Because who actually cares? But the ones who I think care, oh, she's posting less. Maybe something's wrong. Because, mm -hmm. you know, right, that's kind of what we tend to think. I started, I, I'm guilty of that, where I've seen someone post like a partner less. Oh, yeah. they deleted their name from their bio. You know, like that's like you're, that's significant. Oh, they're probably not together anymore. So, yeah, I could mm -hmm. see the audience kind of be like, oh, she's posting less. Is it really, is there trouble in paradise? But Absolutely. in the background, Tim and I are actually having a very, um, you know, intentional relationship. And it's just the two of us and we're living for each other and not outside perspective and views and whatnot. Absolutely. No, and I, and I appreciate you rolling with me on that example. Yeah. I, I, I use it as an example because the reason why I gave you the restaurant one first is we all are, are always setting expectations. Mm -hmm. So in the example of the restaurant, I didn't tell you that this is what you should expect with me, but my actions told you this is what you should expect of me because that's how we started. Yes. You with me? Yeah, definitely. So on the Instagram side or social media side, if you're posting me all the time and all of a sudden you slow down, I might be indifferent. I might be like, okay, whatever. Not a big deal. Right. I might feel some kind of way about it because I might be like, why are you posting me less? Or do you not care about me as much? Do you not love me as much? Like, I don't understand what's going on here. Right. And of course, as you said, the audience may have their own questions about what that might mean. Right, right. With that in mind, keeping all that in mind, expectations in a relationship, how do you think you and Tim have done in terms of communicating that effectively about what you both want 
out of the relationship with each other. As far as like with social media kind of into play? With in general. This? No, in, in general. general. Throughout, the, throughout the course of these last seven years, how do you think you guys, how well have you done to be able to actively sit down and try as effectively as you can to communicate what do you need, what does he need, and how do you find compromise? How do you, how well would you say you guys have done that with that? I think um, definitely in these seven years, we've, I think, learned each other so well and we've learned the details mm -hmm. and he knows exactly what's meaningful to me and I've learned what's meaningful to him, you know? And that's something big. Like I remember in the beginning, he always used to kind of blow me away because he remembered little things about me that I necessarily was kind of missing with mm -hmm. him. You know what I mean? And I would even start taking notes. I used to do that. I would take notes. I'm like, oh, this was such a special day. Like, oh, and he said this and this, you know what I mean? Whereas him, he just like his memory, he was just always fully present. Yeah. And I think that that's changed too. Cause I have to admit probably in the beginning, it was kind of like, I was just going with the emotions and everything was so fun and whatnot. But I feel like from the get go, he took me very, very like seriously. And he wanted to know me for, from my core, you know what I mean? And I really didn't do that in the very beginning. And then over time, like I, it just, it just happened. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I became more intentional about it. And I knew that that was so valuable to him was for someone to know him, to know, the things that he likes, not necessarily mm. like those things too, but just to know what he likes, you know, Correct. what, um, you know, what bothers him and whatnot. So I think we've grown a lot in that respect. I feel like he's always had it to be honest. Um, yeah. cause he'll remember things and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't remember that. You know what I mean? And I, know that, <laughs> I know that that's big to him too. Is like, kind of like, how do you not remember this? You know, and that's, and, and just and things like that. That's, that's big. I know what his, I don't know. Like I know there's, there's love languages, right. And I'm not saying they're not real, but I've never really like put a label on this stuff, but I guess like, um, I know words of affirmation is one. And I think like, I've always wanted that. And I, and mm. I do get that from him and with him, it's like quality time and going back to the social media point, like quality time is being there fully present mm -hmm. and not having these distractions, which I know I've, I've done to him in the past. And he's thankfully never like, you know, try to start a fight about it. It was just kind of like, is this really important kind of thing? You know, good questions. We call right. that, we, we, I would call that a good reframe instead yeah. of um, finding a reason to fight or argue about these things. And especially right. like when, you know, when you've been together with somebody for a long time and, or when you're getting to this next phase of relationship, like you're describing, you will right. be getting into, mm -hmm. you definitely got to pick your battles. Yes. Cause every battle, every fight ain't worth dying on, you know, yeah. it's, it's not worth, trying to make it the biggest ordeal because you right. understand or hopefully we all understand as you continue to go through that journey together with each other lots of stuff's going to come up especially mm -hmm. like you pointed out earlier that y'all haven't even lived together yeah a lot of stuff is going to come up i yeah. can guarantee you that much because as you mentioned earlier we're not the same people mm -hmm. so you see things differently you do things differently and that's totally fine that's that's appropriate right but we have to find a healthy way to not only coexist, but compromise. And as you said, learn and understand each other and what our expectations are, which is why I asked that question. Because yeah. so many times I see people, particularly when it comes to relationships, they make these big judgments against the other person. And I'm not saying that they're wrong necessarily. What I do say though, and this is the question I would ask them and anybody who's watching, anybody who's listening to this, when you have a partner, when you have a child, when you have a parent, anybody that you value, how good of a job do you think that you do 
to actively communicate what you need and what you want from them. Right. And I would want everybody to really think about that because more often than not, because this is what I deal with professionally. I deal with the people who think that they're sharing it in an effective way and they're not. And what ends up happening is a lot of dysfunctional disagreements that can turn into escalated situations that truly did not have to happen because they failed to actually communicate what their concerns were. Right. So that's always a point that I'm trying to draw particular attention to when I have somebody like yourself on here is to make just that point. We can never get so comfortable in our relationship with anybody, anybody. Right. That I think that they should know what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling, that I don't have to communicate. That's why I used the term earlier, complacency. Right. That is actually one of the biggest enemies that we have because it's completely natural in any relationship to get used to the person. It's going to happen. It's, it's never going to be like the first couple months or right. month or first couple. It just it can never be that. But what we have to do is we have to consciously work at trying to keep choosing each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a choice. Yes. You don't got to be here. I don't have to be here. There's nobody putting a, a weapon to my head. Right. I have to choose to be here. So I have to put in the effort to make sure I'm trying to talk all these things through with you to make it much less likely that I ever decide to leave. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. And you make such a good point because that's a conversation we have had. And I've told him this before, like, no matter how long we've been together, like, I always want to make an effort for you and vice versa. Like, I always want us to continue being intentional in everything we do to continue trying to make each other feel special. You know, in the small things, I don't need like this grand gesture. And that's something big between us. I don't need a grand gesture, but just those little things like for me, like him noticing all those little details has always been so special to me, yeah. you know, and just like that that's the kind of stuff that i want to maintain you know as we go through this journey of life as we're making this commitment to each other is that we keep that and that's so crucial like never absolutely stop trying you know always make the effort and also just like i want to touch on us as individuals because like you said before like i know we i mean now like now that i've been with him for this long i, I can't say i can picture my life without him you know and especially <laughs> to this sure journey, sure right but i know that prior and even now like I am an individual and he is too and that's so important you know between us two is like I I know you as a person on your own you know me as a person and of course we've come together and we've you know developed this what I want to say is a very um you know a, just a very solid relationship in sure. a sense but it's so important to not lose your identities and yes very important that's like crucial right but also mm -hmm. like in the process of being together you also have again going back to that point about made each other better mm -hmm. and you're better together right because i feel like i i feel like we're pretty we're pretty good people right but i feel like as the more we've been together the more we have influenced each other in really mm -hmm. positive ways um we're good on our own but i feel like we are better together so i think when you do find that person you're kind of like a I just feel like we're a force in a sense. Yeah. You know, and I just think, um, I don't know, there's so much I could say, right? Uh, but it, it's just very important. Don't, you know, find someone that, that builds you up, that makes you better, that helps you work through the issues and you can work, 
work through them together and compromise and whatnot. Mm. Not everything's going to be perfect, but don't just throw in the towel when things start to get a little bit, you know, not go the way that you wanted. Because had mm. I thrown in the towel with the little disagreements we had before, we probably wouldn't be at the place we're at right now. Ooh, I wish I I wish I had a, a super loud machine right now to <laughs> <laughs> to highlight what she just said. Listen, listen. Shout out to you because you just, you answered my question without me having to ask. So you were just giving some really really solid guidance, I think. So I want to try to echo that point real quick because you're talking about compromise, about listening, about learning to kind of what I would just call troubleshooting, like working through issues and not quickly, like you said, throwing the towel. I'm going to use your relationship example and I'm going to expand that to any relationship. Right. So to me, when I talk about this, I'm talking about I'm a father. I'm talking about those of us that are parents. If you're in a relationship, if it's your sibling or any other friend that you may value, right? What Kateri just said to me is so important because we have to always remember we're two different people who have two different viewpoints about any given situation. So we're going to look at it differently. We're going to approach it differently. We're going to feel differently about those things. But if I value you, right? If I appreciate you and everything that you add to my life, I'm going to listen. I'm going to consider. I'm going to try my best to compromise through whatever those issues may be. And especially if we're talking about marriage, I want this effectively, you correct me if I'm wrong, to stand the test of time. Absolutely. Right. I would yeah. probably ideally like to not have to do this again. Right. Right. Okay. This is just a one-time thing for me. <laughs> Correct. So what I just said there and what she just said there is even more paramount because if I want something to last, you, you said 27, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least 60, 70 years, probably. Yeah. Good average. Hopefully more. I'm going to have to embody a lot of these things. So when I want to be complacent, I cannot give in. I have to fight to want to compromise, to listen, to understand. I cannot stop ever getting too comfortable that I don't want to put in that effort. Right. So I just really want to stress that point because I see so many times, to your point, when people are together and it's like working and then they get to this point, I don't know why it happens or when it happens exactly, but they don't want to try as hard anymore. They don't want to keep working on themselves as much. And then they kind of get surprised that the relationship degrades over time. Right. And I'm like, what thing can you not work at? And it somehow maintains itself. Please enlighten me. Because I don't know a thing that does that. I don't know something that just keeps going on cruise control forever without any input on your behalf. So your point to me is very valid. I just really wanted to echo that because I think so many people out there are quick to run and I'm not saying there's not times to leave. There right. are absolutely healthy reasons to get out of relationships. Right. But if my first instinct is to go, that's not healthy. You're absolutely. not going to be able to find somebody to sustain that with because there, it's just inevitable. You're going to run into issues that you're not quite prepared for. So you have to lean on the strength of our relationship. You have to lean on that confidence that regardless of what we get thrown at us, we will actively do our best to try to work through that. And then also record, uh, recruit, excuse me, additional support. If we're not able to do it all on our own, depending yeah. on, you know, what it is that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Would you disagree with any, any part of that? No, gosh, no, I would echo that too. It's just like, try to find 
between you and your partner, like try to work through those things together. Right. And I think mm -hmm. I want to, I want to mention that. Um, cause sometimes like with this person, I realize that if he's someone I don't want to lose. So that's enough for me to stay around and want to work through the problems, no matter how big or small they are. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like, that is the motivation. Like, I, I don't want to lose this person. I'm going to constantly work for you. And I'm constantly going to try to make this work. Even when things are hard, even when things are difficult, we're going to make, make this work. And I need to see that from him too. Right. If not, right. we wouldn't be where we're at. Absolutely. Um, so that's big. Um, and then I'm sorry, wait, let me break, let me come back to what was the point we were discussing is the, well, you were just get, you were giving guidance and I was backing up and affirming a lot of what you said. Okay. Okay. Good. So, so basically I'm glad that we're, I'm glad that you, you, you validate my points because, um, coming from a professional like yourself, who's working with couples and whatnot, I'm glad that I'm, you know, shedding some light in my, in my, uh, I guess my young age and my couple years experience in this relationship, but I have learned a lot of what, what's so important and what's quality and, mm -hmm. um, what matters and where you need to make the effort. So just making that constant effort for your partner and never yeah. losing that. Um, you know, cause even like with my parents going back to them, like I still see them going on date nights. Like they do that like once a month. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. They do that once a week and I want to keep that, you know, in the future. And right. right now, thankfully, like we're not in this hurry to like, I used to be like, I want kids by 25 and all this stuff. But of course you realize what life really is. And now it's like, I, you know, in this first year of marriage and, you know, two years, whatever it may be. I want to make sure that we're always, um, like we're still having fun. We're still in a sense dating, you know, yeah. dating and still, uh, taking, you know, taking each other out, trying to make the effort, remembering what's important to each of us and, you know, going off of that. Um, and then when, you know, one day kids, one day, hopefully come into the mix, mm -hmm. we'll always make each other a priority. There you go. I, lo I, I love that part. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> no, no. I mean, and that's fair. I mean, I will tell you the way I tell my clients, especially, um, and this is all, this is also like even before you have kids. Mm -hmm. To me, the the hierarchy is always your number one. Yeah. This is my. You don't have to agree with me, but this is. I'm just telling you my position. More than your kid, more than your spouse, more than your parents you are always number one yes the reason why the reason why is because if you're not well if you don't take care of you other than you the first person who's going to suffer is your partner mm -hmm. who should be the second priority for those of us that are in relationships or in your case going to be married because it will have a direct impact on the ability for that relationship to remain healthy, to remain functional. Because if I become dysfunctional, therefore the relationship will naturally become dysfunctional. And then number three on that list would then be my child and or children. Because if I'm not well, the relationship is not well with my partner, their other parent, which means the stability and the foundation of the home is threatened. Absolutely. So to me, it has to be in that order. There's no compromise. That's the way that I look at that. And that's the way that I try to advise people right. when it comes to trying to have that longevity in the relationship. If you ever let you slip and you say, I don't matter as much as fill in the blank, right? there's going to be a cost. 
there's a cost to not doing that. And I see too many people who have to pay that price. And sometimes, sometimes, not always, it can lead to a relationship completely falling apart. It can lead to a divorce. It can lead to a separation or breaking down of the family unit. And I don't want that for us. But we got to understand these are things that we can proactively address and not simply wait until we're in the situation then trying to reactively do something about it. That does not have to be the outcome. But I like a lot of what you talked about because it seems like not only from what your parents taught you, both through what they've told you and what they showed you, but just through the nature, the natural course of you being with your guy, you've learned that I need to value these things too. I need to put in this effort always. And that's going to lead us to be able to have the type of relationship to stand the test of time the way we want. Absolutely. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, definitely. 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 It's so, you put everything so well into words, honestly. And I just, like, <laughs> thank I'm you. Like, I'm yes, try, yes. I try my best. <laughs> no. And that's where you're, your counseling and all that, your background really comes into play. And I think you shed a lot of really good, you know, wisdom. And um, I couldn't agree more with all the points you're making. That's just genuine, like truly um, based on like my lived experience. Uh, and I think that, like you said, we should, you should always want to keep making the effort um, mm-hmm. because I think that when that point stops is like you said, when things start to topple over. And I have to be good with myself and I have to find my own ways of coping with things yeah. um, in order to make our relationship work. And I think that if I didn't have that stability from the get go, things probably would have toppled over because any small thing probably would have triggered me enough to be like, I'm done. You know, this is not, it's not what I want. That does happen. Right. It happens to a lot of people, but, but again, kudos to you guys. It seems like y'all have a much, much better foundation to really build off of. So I think there's a lot of good things, you know, that are going to happen in the future, which leads me to my final question. (laughs) What do you see for yourself in the future? What do you want for yourself in the future in every sense of the word, professionally, personally, family? What does that look like for Kateri? Man, well, I'll start with professionally. Professionally, I think I'm still on this quest of what I want to do career wise. Like right now I work in, in HR. And I think I know my role well. I've been in it for a little over a year. Um, But I guess I'm still trying to find the passion for HR. And I don't know if I'm necessarily going to find it or if I'm still very open to other career paths. And um, I guess to tie tie in the relationship, like Tim, he's a software engineer right now. And I see that he has like amazing work-life balance and all this stuff. And he can work from home whenever he wants. I still have a hybrid schedule, so I can't complain, but he just has the option to be home whenever he wants. And so that's kind of been (laughs) enticing. And like, he's talked to me about potentially getting into that field. So I don't know, maybe I'm either going to one day hopefully become like an HR generalist or an HR manager, or I might be doing something completely different, but I'm keeping my options open. I can't say at this moment where I see myself exactly um, career-wise, but I know that my mentality has changed. Cause when I was in college, I was like, I want to, you know, I actually studied psychology and I thought I wanted to be like a social worker or mm. a psychologist or like yourself, a counselor. Um, but then I, I tried, I tried be, you know, being a behavior therapist for a little bit and it was a rewarding job, but I definitely couldn't see myself doing that long-term. Mm. And that's kind of what led me into HR and trying different things. So my perspective has changed where I used sure. to be like, I, I want to do this and I want to, you know, in my career, I want to help people. That still hasn't changed. I still want to help people. And I feel like in any job you do, you're helping people in a sense, as long as you do it with like, uh, like in HR, I obviously interact with employees a lot through email and stuff. And 
um, I think just being helpful to them and getting that positive feedback back, you know, like, oh, that yeah. was really helpful. Thank you so much for taking the time. Like that's validating to me. And I think I always kind of want to have that in, in a career, but now it's more about um, family and what I want in my future family mm, goals. Okay. And like, I never want to make my career my life. And I think that in certain careers I was exploring before, I could see that very much being the case, especially based yeah. on my personality. I take things home, you know, like if there's a bad incident, like I'm that person that will cry for a, a sad situation, you know, mm. and I just feel like knowing that and just um, accepting that that's the personality I have. And that I'm sure you could kind of build up those skills, right? Like more of yeah. that resiliency and whatnot. Absolutely. But now it's more about like, I want to make sure I have work-life balance. I never used to say that in the past in college and stuff that wasn't like, I need work-life balance, but now I want that. <laughs> now I see the value in being there present with your your family and your spouse. So I want to make sure that the career I have um, allows me to have that. So that's what that's I would say. That's yeah. a good point. Wait, yeah. wait no, let, let me ask you more on, on the personal side before yeah. we wrap. So like, do you guys have a date set of when y'all are going to do this or still time to decide? Um, we still haven't set a date, but we have an idea, like definitely giving myself a year to plan this. So maybe like April, 2024 is what we're thinking. Okay. So you have yeah. some time. Okay. Yeah. And again, not, there's no pressure here. We just, just asking, um, do you have any idea how long you guys would wait before you try to have children? Yeah. So it's funny. I tell Tim now, I'm like, uh, before I'm 30 and I'm 27 already. So, so you wait, you're going to wait one year. So you'll be 28 next time. So Isn't then... that crazy? Yeah. So I'm being more realistic about it. Um, probably 30 is my max. I don't know why. I just want to be like, my mom was a young mom okay. <laughs> and I kind of want to be a young mom, I guess, you know, I mean, but... yeah, you're like, well, I would say if you're at 30, you're like, you're at a, at a midpoint, not between like yeah. old and young, but you're, you're seasoned enough that I think you've lived a certain amount of life, yes. but then you're also not so old where you might feel like you're disconnected, like you can't connect with your younger children and the things that they may be into. Absolutely. And going off that point too, because I, again, I used to say this, I want this at this stage, but now that I'm living this, right. Mm -hmm. um, Tim and I talk about wanting to travel. That's big for us. And we've gone to a few places together recently. We went to Japan with some friends and we were in New York recently and that was so much fun. And I used to, that used to not really be a goal of mine was to travel, but in being with yeah. Tim, like he's wanted to travel a lot. And now I'm excited at the potential of traveling. So we've discussed that we want to give ourselves time with each other, you know, first of all, to learn each other living together, because that's going to sure. be a big learning curve and two to travel the world together before kids come into the mix. So I'm not really going to, I guess, give it an age. Um, okay. I know, ideally I would like to be before I'm 30, but we okay. have yeah. No, no. And, and it's good. And the reason why, and I appreciate you giving that honest answer too. The reason why I ask, and I think about that stuff more now is, and I'll just, I'll take a step back for me as a man. One thing I've learned uh, in recent years is that men, we don't typically think about these things because we don't have the biological pressure to have to worry about it. Really? Right. Women do. Right. And I respect it. Yeah. But the reason why I talk about it a little bit more now and I ask about it a little bit more now, because exactly what you were just saying, because there, there could be certain things that we want to accomplish in our life or certain things we want to do at certain points in our life. But at the same time, this is this is just my kind of general idea of when I think about um, problem solving with people, you have to create a priority list. What's at my top? And then things have to kind of naturally fit into a slot because everything cannot be done at the same time. Correct. Right. 
whether it is I want this career to happen, I want this family to happen, I want to get married at this time, I want to have these kids at this time. So at some point we have to sit down, we have to actually prioritize what is actually the most important. Right. So I asked you that question because that's the way that I look at it now. So for example, if I was in you guys' shoes, I would be thinking, okay, so it's, 20, it's February, 2023. We said April, 2024, we want to get married. So that's one year. My, my wife's going to be 28. Keeping in mind, she said she wants to do this before 30. Then, <laughs> she, then she's still working in her career. I'm working on mine. Then we want to travel. So let's say we gave ourselves a year to travel. Now she's 29. If we don't make it happen in 2025, going into 2026, she might feel some kind of way about that. So we need to have some sort of strategy. I'm huge into strategy. Right. We need to have some sort of strategy of how are we going to accommodate for these things mm -hmm. so that she feels comfortable and I feel comfortable. So yeah. that would be my challenge to you yeah. in thinking about the future because you have a certain amount of time essentially that you want these things to happen. So my thought in you sharing that is then be intentional, talk with him to figure out when more likely, no, there's no perfect timeline. Right. When more than likely would you like these things to happen mm -hmm. to increase the likelihood that they do and so that you two can have that common understanding so there doesn't become this pressure, which often is the woman to the man, because, again, man, we don't have this pressure. We have to we can only procreate at certain times. Right, right. To hurry up and let's do this. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I appreciate that advice. And I'm going to take it with me. Absolutely. Like right now that we're planning for the future, planning a wedding, but also planning like our living situation where we're going to be right. has already kind of put in my mind like, oh, this is a, there's a lot of planning that goes into everything, like every yes. like everything you want to accomplish and everything you got to you're right. Have a strategy, have um, have an objective in mind and, and, you know, come together to discuss it and see when you're going to make these things happen. Like I couldn't agree more. And I'm definitely going to allow that to follow me as we, um, you know, pass this planning for wedding, pass wedding once we're living together. Like <laughs> we gotta sit down. this is what I want when I want it, you know, good, and, good. and being well, okay with if it doesn't happen at the time I want in a sense. Absolutely. And again, these plans, all these things we're talking about, these plans are all tentative, right? Yes. So they're not, I, I don't believe in like having concrete plans all the time because the reality right. is life is going to throw things at you all the time. Mm -hmm. So you may not be able to have things happen exactly as you had planned for them. Yeah. But what I'm speaking about is having no plan. Yeah. And just like, then we kind of get in this position where we're like, okay, I need these things to happen and we didn't really discuss it. So we don't really have a common understanding. So now this is inherent pressure that we got to hurry up and make things happen. Right. I don't want that for us. And yeah. since you guys have time, which is good, it means there's a little less pressure yeah if you guys are intentional you can take some time and really talk that through and start to come up with some concrete ideas of when would we like these things to happen because obviously especially when you're talking about family building that requires time kids do not microwave and come out in, in a day so you need some time to actually have them yeah. and so there has to be some kind of planning in the background to accommodate for that yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for that. And thankfully, I think between Tim and I, he's more of a planner, actually, surprisingly. And oh, okay. he's the one that's like, I don't know much like financially and whatnot. He's more of my like, he's taught me about stocks and about this. <laughs> like He's very financially sound and he's sound in a lot of real world things that I think I'm going to learn as we're married, you know, because like, yeah. sure, I've learned from my friends, but you know, there's, I know there's things I'm going to learn from him, but I am appreciative of the fact that he is a planner because sometimes I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Things should happen organically, but things such as this mm -hmm. would kind of have like some kind of, you know, there should be some kind of plan behind it. So yeah, 
especially especially when you're thinking about it impacts two people right yes that's really why i think about it because when it's just about you that doesn't mean you still shouldn't have a plan but the plan maybe doesn't have to be as concrete it could be a little more fluid because mm -hmm. you're like eh, i can kind of get into it whenever i get into it but right. as soon as you start accounting for this other person who doesn't think the way that you do that's when i have to start considering okay i want certain things to occur roughly around this time so we need to actually sit down and start discussing because it's going to take two of us to make these things happen Absolutely. when would we like to start trying right and then you kind of have to reverse engineer the time of when we're going to start building up to these things so then that means we need to be married around this time which means we need to travel around this time which means our marriage needs to happen and our wedding needs to happen around this time yeah we have to start getting basic ideas of these things so i'm not trying to intimidate anybody but i just simply put those things out there because when it comes to two different people and again blending lives together this right. is to me this is a healthy way to approach trying to navigate that stuff oh that yeah and it would eliminate, I can already see it eliminating a lot of the stress and the pressure that would probably yeah. come around just planning things like on, on the dime. But these are things that you kind of have to think about way before. You know? Yes. It, it, it inherently will bring the stress down, which yes. I think makes people feel a lot more comfortable and yeah. hopefully a little more excited for oh, the yeah. things that are to come. So yes, definitely. I, I hope that that benefits you guys, but absolutely. I, I so appreciate this re regardless tell you this has been a very very interesting interview i'm very very happy that oh. i've had you and that i appreciate everything that you shared i'm very very confident that a lot of people who will listen to this will get a lot of valuable insight and perspective particularly because you are going on this new phase of life you will be i know you're not quite there yet but you're very much in alignment to to get there right and i think you you put a lot of perspective out there for what it's like you know when you're in the initial dating experiences and then when you find that person a lot of the the quirks and some of the hiccups that you may go through i think there's a lot more of that that i i'm truly trying to encourage us to share more that's really the point again of us being here this isn't for any other real reason but the more that we're willing to express about what kind of happens behind the scenes how do we get to these points in life? How do we grow? How do we evolve as individuals? I think it's important that a lot of us don't always have these examples. We don't always have these people there to give us the wisdom. Like you were fortunate again to have your grandparents around or your parents around. So platforms like this, I'm hoping will help give people that perspective and inspire them to want to make some changes that hopefully will benefit them and get them closer to the things that they want. So again thank you so much for being here and for all the graciousness you have with sharing anybody who got some value from listening to this or watching this because i like to watch please consider liking and subscribing because it really helps to make a lot of this content because let me tell you there's a lot of good things i have working in the works for 2023 so please stick around and kateri again thank you for being here i will catch you guys next time peace out